It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you in to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 9th, 2010. Thank you for being a part of the program. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking forward to a good discussion on the virtual Bible study. We are looking forward to a good discussion. We're looking forward uh, to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Join in the chat room with other listeners if you're watching our video feed from thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You'll find uh, other listeners in the chat room to the right of your video window, and you can join in with them and send in your comments there and uh, discuss uh, the subject of the pro hour tonight with our other listeners. Dad, uh, this is not the first broadcast tonight. Uh, we've already we, we've already put a program out on the internet from College View tonight. Yeah, we have, and if you were here, and many of the people in the chat room tonight were here, uh, beginning at 7:30, we aired a uh, the virtual Bible study teen edition, in which some young uh, men from the congregation here presented some basic uh, facts and basic uh, material about the Bible. Uh, that will be continuing, uh, Lord willing, in the future. Uh, you can get here early uh, next week and uh, can uh, do that. What we hope is that this might be a good tool for young people, not only our young people, but other young people who might be able to listen and uh, benefit from the program. Might explain why this uh, has come about, Jacob. Uh, and uh, there, there's a little brainstorming involved here, and actually you were sort of the instigator of this idea. But what's been happening is that on Sunday, our 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 teenage class has been studying some very basic first principle kinds of Bible lessons. And then on Wednesday night, you've been helping them uh, record uh, a program such as the virtual Bible study, much like we do the virtual Bible study. They've been recording a program in which they teach what they were taught on Sunday. Yeah. And so it, they, they've gotten double exposure to these important Bible truths and they're, and they're teaching it. And I think that's a good experience for them in lots of ways, but gives them confidence that they can explain their faith and help others understand uh, what the Bible teaches. Absolutely. And so we would encourage you, if you have young people at your house, uh, get them involved and maybe share the word. And uh, hopefully that uh, this will be beneficial. And it has certainly, I think, been beneficial for the young people that are doing it. Hopefully it can be beneficial on the other end of the line. And so uh, make plans to be back here next week at 730 for that program that will begin 30 minutes. Again, maybe get your teenagers to listen, get uh, tell other young people about uh, this opportunity to to uh, be exposed to important Bible truths on the Internet. All right. And tonight we have an important discussion in the uh, regular edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We want to talk about criticism. Whose gonna, idea was this anyways? Uh, I think you came up oh, with okay, this idea. Oh, that's right. I can't <laughs> criticize it. <laughs> Maybe maybe others can, but you okay. can't because it was your idea. We're going to talk about criticism tonight, especially with, with special emphasis, although we're going to talk on the other side of the coin too, but our special emphasis is on how we should offer criticism. What what are some guidelines, some rules that we should employ when we are in the position to be the critic? We need to say something. We need to offer a criticism to someone. Uh and we we want to look to the Bible, what the Bible says about some rules to follow in doing that. It is it is a necessary thing, and we find ourselves in that position from time to time. What would be the biblical principles uh, concerning how we ought to conduct ourselves when that becomes our job? All right. We want to hear from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Should we be criticizing? And if we should, does, do the scriptures give us any indication on how that ought to be done? What kind of attitudes should we possess? And what if someone criticizes us? Do the scriptures give us any clues about that? Those are some of the questions you asked earlier today. to the other Yeah, here's, here's the uh, questions that I sent out earlier today to our update list. Uh, as always, get on that list if you're not by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We try to send these emails out around noon or shortly thereafter on Thursday. Here was the update we sent out earlier today, the questions we were asking. We're, we were seeking input. We'll continue to seek input on these questions. Number one. 
How would you respond to someone who thinks it is always wrong and unloving to criticize others? You know, that's there are people who say that. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Number two, how can we know when it's proper to speak up and when it's best to keep quiet? Okay. Got to make that decision. You know, sometimes I should just let things pass. Other times I can't let things pass. And we need to know what, what would be the guidelines in making that determination. Very important. Number three, what are some self-tests that we can use to ensure we're doing the right thing by offering criticism? So if I decide that I should talk, how do I make sure I'm doing it the right way? Right. Okay. Number four, what things are necessary if we want our criticism to be viewed as constructive criticism? We'll uh-huh. talk about that. And then at the end of the program, we'll, we'll briefly turn the, t- turn the tables and say, I'm in the receiving end. Now, what happens if I'm the one who receives this due criticism? How should I respond? Uh, what, what biblical principles do I need to remember when I'm the one who's being criticized? All right. We look forward to hearing from you. If you haven't sent in your comments yet, do that over email or the chat room. And better yet, uh, give us a phone call. 877-381-4567 is the number to use if you'd like to be on the air with us tonight. Donna in Iowa uh, says, you know, Greg, I'm happy you brought this up. I did read the article that was in this week's edition of uh, your bulletin. I have given uh, quite a bit of thought to this. Sometimes I believe we are too ready to be on the spot to see if others' faults. Are people saying we are criticizing when we are teaching? I believe Christians are criticized more than we cr- criticize anyway. I hope so. And so she, uh, she's she been thinking about this, and hopefully uh, others have been thinking about this as well. We want to make sure that we've got the right attitude and the right approach as we deal with other people. So we appreciate her. She gives uh, a definition concern. here mm-hmm. uh, for criticize, uh, to censure or find fault with, to judge or discuss the merits and faults of, to criticize uh, to criticize three novels in one review. I don't, I don't understand that. To find fault, judge unfavorably or harshly, to make judgments as to merits and faults. So that, that's sort of a dictionary de- definition of criticize. She says, number one, how would you criticize, or excuse me, how would you respond to someone who thinks it's always wrong and unloving to criticize others? She she says, are we criticizing or teaching? Didn't Jesus offer most of his criticism to those who were pious and thought they had no sin? I think about what Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 42. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take out the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, that's an important passage. And, of course, it, Luke 6.42, there's the parable, parallel of Matthew 7, about verse 5. Somebody being critical there. Yeah. I, I think for, in regards to our first question, when someone says it's always wrong, basically, to criticize, you're, you're being wrong, you're being unloving to criticize anyone. Notice there, even in that passage where Jesus is given some guidelines on how to do it. We'll talk more about that when we get to that point. But in that passage where Jesus is given guidelines on how to do it, he didn't say, don't do it at all. He said, do it right. So even in a passage that a lot of people like to throw up, you know, the Matthew parallel, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, Jesus right. says, judge not, be not judged. And then he goes into that example, don't try to tell somebody you want to help get the speck out of their eye when you've got a log sticking out of your eye. Right. First, get the log out of your eye. Then you can help them get the speck out of their eye. Right. Jesus was not forbidding judging there. He didn't say everybody's okay with whatever's in their eye. Just, just, forget about just it. leave it alone. He didn't say walk away. He, he said take care of your own matters first. But he also said then you can help someone else. All right. So Jesus was not forbidding criticism. All right. The passages they use does actually teach that Jesus says we should be critical at certain times. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeu.com. Over and over again in the scriptures, we read of instructions that tell us to be critical. Galatians chapter one, uh, 6, beginning of verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, just overlook it. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't Definitely don't say anything about <laughs> it. Don't be critical. No. Yeah. It says, Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Exactly. And so it, I can't. if I'm going to be able to see someone other's faults, I'm going to have to be critical. Yeah. in order to, to see that someone uh, has been overtaken at a fault. Exactly right. Jesus said in Matthew 18, beginning verse 15, If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. So he's done something wrong. And Jesus said, you go tell him about it. He didn't say, ignore it. He didn't say, don't say anything to him. He said, go and talk to him about it. And then he even suggested it may have to escalate. If he won't correct it, he says, uh, 
If he hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. So Jesus said, Jesus didn't say don't criticize. He he even suggested there a a format to follow that would take this to higher level if if the first criticism didn't reach its mark. All right. Uh, Clearly. The scriptures expect us to be critical of others if we see faults and errors in their lives. And uh, back to Matthew chapter 7, a passage you uh, referenced earlier, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, clearly teaches us that we've got to judge. We've got to, to, uh, to be critical when others are at fault. Down in verse uh, 15, we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. How would I be able to tell there's a false prophet if I'm not supposed to be judging or critical of of another? I, 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 how could you come to that opinion? Because you couldn't. Because he, he, he says they're going to disguise themselves. They're not going to come with a name tag that says, "Hi, I'm a false teacher." They're going to. You're going to have to make some judgments here. The point of it is, Jesus wasn't forbidding judging or offering criticism, but he did say you got to do it right. John seven twenty four: Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So he didn't say you can't judge, and he didn't say you can't criticize. He, he was saying you got to do it the right way, but he wasn't saying don't do it at all. All right, that leads us to our next point. How do we know when it's proper to speak up and when it is best to keep quiet? That will help us answer the question as we talk about uh, being critical. When do I want to be critical? When do I need to be critical? Let us know your thoughts. We'll take a break, and we'll get uh, some of your thoughts, hopefully, during that break in the chat room, over the phone, or over email tonight. And when we get back... When do we know when it is the right time? How do we know when the right time is here, when we need to be critical? Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Do you remember when churches taught the truth in a straightforward and direct way with no sugarcoating? Can you recall when homosexuality was plainly condemned and unscriptural divorce and remarriage was not tolerated? Can you think back to a time when you heard hard sermons on moral issues like dancing, immodest dress, and filthy movies? Do you long for a return to the kind of teaching and preaching that you heard 30 or 40 years ago? The College View Church is trying hard to maintain the same moral principles that have been associated with God's people throughout the ages. They want to hold the line against the drifting that is characterized in so many churches today. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And we're back on the program. We thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight as we talk about being critical. Uh... Old Man River. Who is Old Man River again? Danny. 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 Yeah. Says uh, he's in Greenville, Mississippi tonight. Danny, Danny, we appreciate you being out there. He says we need to speak the truth in love. And uh, speaking the truth remind, uh, means uh, that we're going to call some people out at times. We're going to do it with the right manner, though, the right attitude. Well, you know, just, just to hold that just for a second, remember that the Lord said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Revelation 3, verse 19. So the Lord loves... And his love causes him to rebuke and chasten. If we love people, when it's necessary, we will rebuke and chasten them also. He's the perfect example of love. And so, therefore, we could not say it's an unloving thing to criticize others if it's a needed and deserved criticism. In fact, we'd say it's unloving to not do so. Yeah. All right. Uh, And so that's an important distinction. Um, uh, And then uh, Megan is in the chat room tonight, and she says... Although, uh, or I'm sorry, it's uh, Anthony is in Charlotte, North Carolina. He says it's about how we do it. Do we uh, do it in love with the right intentions and not uh, with selfish in, in, ambitions? We've got to do it with the right attitude. And uh, Megan says it's also important that we do it, that it is accurate. We've got to judge righteously. If we're going to be critical, we've got to make sure that it is based upon the facts and it is done righteously and accurately. And uh, Jeannie says we have to make sure our criticism is not judging, which is not our job. Well, I, I don't know, and she may be using the words differently there, um, 
judging is our job, according to John 7, verse 24. Judge righteous, judge righteous judgment. By your fruits you shall know them. Now, if, 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 what she, if she's using the word judging in some different way, maybe. But, but judging is our job if it's understood the kind of judging that the Lord tells us to do. And by the right standards. <coughs> We're not making up the standards. That's not our job. That's right. I'm not judging him by my opinion, my think so's, but judging him by the standard of God's word is my job. Right. Okay. And so... Uh, Hopefully that clarifies our yeah. position a little bit on that. Yeah, we got an email from John in Oklahoma who says, uh, "How would you respond to someone who thinks it's always wrong and unloving to criticize others?" The answer really depends on the subject of the criticism. If the criticism is in regard to sin, then Galatians six one through four requires the faithful Christian to humbly correct the erring brother. If the subject is purely opinion and one's own judgment, then one must consider whether or not the criticism will help the individual or hurt the individual. If my criticism is an attempt to make the person think and act like me, then my reason for criticizing the individual is likely selfish and therefore not out of love. Romans 12, 9 through 21 may be a good passage for deciding uh, whether or not one should criticize if the cause is not related to sin. So uh, appreciate John. And I think that's the, I think that's exactly on the mark. In fact, that leads us. That's a good segue to our second question. How do I, how do I make the determination, Jacob, as to when I should speak up and when I'd be much better off keeping my mouth shut? Because that's a challenge I think we all face. Yeah. Because we're going to be in situations where there where, where we may differ with an individual, but is this difference something I should bring up, or is it something I should just let pass? Got to make that decision. All right. uh, Quickly, uh, a question in the chat room. Do you guys take calls? We certainly do. And we have a toll-free number for you to use tonight, 877-381-4567. That's 877-381-4567. We look forward to hearing from MAU5 tonight uh, in the chat room. And, and yes, you're able to call in. So we look forward to hearing from you there. All right. Let's let's talk about this second question, Jacob. When, When should I speak up? When should I keep quiet? Well, John, in his email, already, I think, uh, really brought up the right idea on answering this question. If this is a matter of doctrine, if this is a matter of right or wrong, if if this is a a violation of God's truth, then I can't be quiet. If, If I see someone who's doing something that is not in line with what God's Word teaches then I have got to respond. The passage he referenced in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, would certainly teach that. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 29, tells us that uh, we've got to obey God rather than men. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, would be appropriate in this discussion as well. In Galatians chapter 2, beginning verse 4, uh, when Paul was in Jerusalem and was he, when he was confronting false teachers there that were that were causing trouble in the Lord's church, he says, because of these false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. And so Paul said, when there were these false teachers, man, we didn't keep quiet, not for a minute, not for an hour. Because we wanted the truth of the gospel uh, to continue. And so we have to have that same disposition. If if someone is teaching or practicing that which is false, and it, it, it's a clear violation of the things taught in the Word of God, then we have to be of the disposition. We can't be quiet. Okay. Now, there are times, and I've made the mistake in the past, and uh, at, at times when I've spoken when I shouldn't. I've been critical when I shouldn't. And it's in those matters of judgment. Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. I was judging by a standard that wasn't the objective standards of God's word. It was my opinion and my think-sos. And when we do that, we're in error. We cannot be critical at that time. We need to hold our tongue and uh, set back. But uh, there are times when, uh, as you noted there, when when error is involved, and as a result, when error is involved, souls are at stake, and we have no... Uh, right to just sit back and watch that happen. Exactly right. But when, so here's the contrast. We got issues where truth is at stake, where a, a matter of doctrine is under challenge or consideration. We've got to speak. But when it comes to purely a matter of opinion, personal opinion, or personal judgment, then I need to be willing to submit. In First Peter chapter five verse five, it says. All of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. 
When it comes to a matter of opinion, it does not have to be my way. If, they, if, this, if there's two ways to do it and both of them are, are scriptural, that is, neither one of them violates a scriptural principle, then I need to be humble enough to say, well, I'm willing to submit to your opinion if that's, if that's what you think is best. That's, that's not my judgment exactly at this point, but I'm willing to submit to your judgment in that. I don't have to be critical. I don't have I don't have to demand that my opinion or my judgment be followed in that. So I think that is the simple answer to that question. Yeah, when I when I do not when I when I force my opinion and my judgment on someone, and when I criticize someone based upon my judgment on how I think they ought to do it, how I think it ought to be done, I'm not being submissive. I'm not being humble. I'm placing myself up on the pedestal that everyone else has to uh, conform to rather than being humble and being willing to submit. And that is, uh, th- there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of wisdom that has to be involved in that, making that decision, a lot of humility and, uh, and, and, uh, and something definitely that uh, is difficult. Okay. Donna in, in Iowa said, I, I was blessed to have been brought up in a home with two loving parents. Not everyone has had that blessing. I believe we have to have a personal relationship with people if we want to help them along the way. Before we criticize, need to look at where this person has been. Know them first, teach them by example, and remember not everyone is the same maturity level. We need to pray more before we speak. One must speak up when it's a sin unto death. Galatians five fourteen through 16, uh, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So I, I, I think Donna has some good observations there. Uh, we need to, to know the people that we're trying to help, and we need to, we need to set the right example personally. Uh, we need to be prayerful about it. If I have to approach someone, I should be prayerful about that, and I should, I should seek to do it in the right and best way. Uh, so those are some good observations, I think. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We are taking questions. That's uh, over the phone if you'd like to call. That question's been asked several times. Mike uh, says that he called and we hung up, and sorry about that, Mike. If you'll try back again, hopefully we can take your call. Um, And uh, we want to uh, talk to you uh, tonight. If you've got questions, it's toll-free, 877-381-4567. The chat room is hopping tonight, Dad. There's no way that we can keep up with all that so um in the uh, chat room one one person who may be wanting to make a call says he has a question about god uh, uh, that may be off topic tonight but maybe it's something we can take into consideration for a future discussion all right if you want to call in quickly we can uh, take your questions on the air hopefully and then uh, we can uh, talk about it maybe for just momentarily and maybe we can even devote a whole program to it in the future if you give us a call uh we'd love uh to uh hear from you tonight uh, so lots of people out there in the chat room tonight, lots of good discussion going back and forth there, and so we hope that uh, that's beneficial tonight. Jack in, in Hampshire, Tennessee, in the chat room, he says, it may be a hard at times for someone to differentiate from opinion and doctrine. I, I think that's true. Uh, you know, sometimes we hold our opinions pretty strongly, and I don't think that's necessarily bad. It's not bad to have strong opinions or strong personal judgments about things. But if I cannot establish from the Word of God that this is absolutely required of everyone, then I can't bind that on other people. Uh, and so that I, I, we've got we've got to be we've got to be convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt that I'm talking about something that is is the truth of God's Word and that is uh, applicable to everyone and binding upon everyone. If it's just my opinion, uh, you know, I, I, I may have an opinion. Uh, for instance, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of some example. I, uh, I'll use this one because we, we've talked about this before. I've got an opinion about the way people ought to dress for worship, uh, and I got a. I, it's a pretty strong opinion, and I and in my mind, it is an opinion based in good reasoning. No one, no one adopts an opinion because they think it's bad. You know, yeah, no, no I one goes say this is kind of silly, but I believe it anyway. Nobody right. says that. No, you take you have an opinion because you think it's the right thing and the best thing. I, I, you think it's best. That's probably the, okay, the, the, the best thing. It, it, it's, it is right. There may be other th- ways that are right, right but, but in best. my mind, I may think this is best. And, yes. and so when it comes to a way that I think people ought to dress for worship, I have an opinion as to what I think is best. And if asked my opinion, I, 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 I may certainly well express it. But before I could 
go to the point of criticizing someone else for not doing the same thing I do, I'd have to I'd have to step back and say, you know, this is my judgment. This is my opinion. And and I should not be trying to force that on others. Uh, you know, if they ask me, I can express my opinion, uh, but I need to I need to identify it as such and not identify it as God's truth that everybody has to comply with. And you're not going to judge someone when they differ, differ with you on matters of judgment or opinion. Right. Uh, and you, it's no no problem to share your opinion with others, and uh, maybe they would agree with you, and maybe they would want to do the same. But uh, when you begin to bind it, and when you begin to be critical of others because they disagree with you on your opinion, then you've crossed the line. You're judging uh, by your own standard, and when you do that, you'll be forced to be some. You'll you'll have to submit to everyone else's standard when you begin to bind that. Exactly right. All right, we're looking forward to hearing from you <laughs> on the program. We're getting all kind of comments in the chat room. I don't know whether they've gone way off topic in the chat room, and it's hard to keep up there. So we'll just have to move ahead. I just saw magnets work in mysterious ways. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that has to do with our discussion. It probably doesn't have anything to do. uh, Now they're talking about double rainbows in there. So I think it's an unmoderated chat room, and so they're going in several directions there. Uh, Jack is trying to get them back on track when he says we should not force our opinions. We do look like we have, and I can't keep up with everything in the chat room tonight, looks like we have some listeners over in uh, Europe tonight, so across yeah. the pond, and we look, appreciate you being there. It's probably They're probably staying up very late tonight to catch us, I would think. Maybe so. All right. All right. So I think we've covered our first couple of questions that we put out to our study uh, update list earlier today, and, and uh, so let's let's get ready to move on to the third. We may we may take our, uh, our uh, bullet point break here in just a minute, Dan, but the third question that we want to ask and we'd be uh, glad to hear from you in our chat room or uh, by email, questions at collegeview.com, or you can give us a phone call. But our third question 877-381-4567. is... 877-381-4567. There you go. And the third question we want to talk about, we'll do this as we get back from the break, what are some of the self-tests that we can use to ensure that we're doing the right thing, doing it the right way by offering criticisms? And so uh, get ready for that discussion, and we'll catch that on the other side of this break. All right. We're going to take a break, and uh, we'll get this week's bullet point, and hopefully we'll hear from you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. You are surely familiar with the Miranda Law, which requires police officers to recite certain basic rights to the persons they are arresting. The familiar words go like this. You have the right to remain silent. Any statement you make can and will be used against you. You have the right to an attorney, and so forth and so on. We think that a set of rights could and should be set forth for all Christians in their dealings with one another. Consider these. Number one, you have the right to the love of your fellow Christians. This is not just an emotional feeling, but a real concern for you that even puts your needs above their own. John chapter 13, verse 35. Number two, you have a right to the sacrificial service that others can provide when you need it. John 13, verses 12 through 15. And you have the right to serve your brethren in return when you have the opportunity to do so. Matthew 23, verse 11. Galatians 6, verse 10. Number three, you have the right to have your convictions respected by others. Romans 14, verse 21. Number four, you have the right to know that no one will harshly judge you in an unrighteous way or impugn your motives. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Number five, you have the right to a confidence that others will not gossip about you or maliciously slander you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Number six, you have the right to be the first one to know if others think you have done or said something wrong. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17. Number seven, you have the right to expect correction and instruction when you are in error. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Number 8, you have the right to be restored if you have fallen away into error. Galatians 6, verse 1. Number 9, you have the right to disciplinary action by the whole church if it becomes necessary. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6. Number 10, you have the right to be forgiven when you repent and confess. James chapter 5, verse 16. Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. Again, those are your rights when it comes to your dealings with fellow Christians. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better way you could be using yours than to participate in the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Can you think of a better use of your time? Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight, and it looks like the chat room is uh, getting a little bit out of hand tonight. We'd uh, appreciate... uh, 
you uh, making uh, keeping it on on topic tonight, and there's been uh, some discussion there. We just got a call from Anthony; I had to cut him off to, so we can come back on the on the air. But uh, I think we've got uh, some people trying to take over the chat room tonight and uh, derail the discussion there. We'd appreciate it if you would uh, yeah, we cease use that, and desist. We use that chat room for for uh, profitable Bible study purposes, and somebody has got a hold of that, or some people have got a hold of that, or are misusing it, uh, and we don't have. Uh, moderator control over that chat room it's a wide open thing and that may be something that we have to change if we get this kind of abuse uh, uh in the future and there are other youngsters probably watching tonight and uh, seeing that as well so we'd appreciate it if you would uh, keep it on uh, yeah, there's no purpose it, there's yeah. no purpose in the kind of discussions we're getting there and uh we would invite those who are doing that to leave the chat room that's the best we can do right now uh but uh, certainly you're you're uh your sabotage of our chat room Bible study discussion is not appreciated. All right, let's clear off that history, why don't we, by everyone that's in the chat room. Uh, tell us where you're listening to us tonight, and uh, we'd like to hear from where you are uh, around the world, and we can uh, we can maybe get some of that other stuff cleared off the screen and out of the buffer there. So uh, you might just tell us where you are, and if uh, we'd like to, to, to know where our listeners are tonight. We're talking about being critical uh, you were just critical there, Dad. We saw something that uh, you that was not uh, acceptable, and you had to you had to criticize it. And certainly, yeah, it's interesting. We're talking about criticism. We had to offer some criticism there, uh, and so um, we we getting some people responding. We got from somebody from Israel, somebody from the UK, some one from Oklahoma, someone from Pakistan. I don't think Pakistan is really from Pakistan. I don't I think, think he's so. Not being from Oregon, we got. I know we got somebody from Iowa there. So uh, hopefully, we can. Uh, uh, Kill some of those ugly comments that have been made. We're very sorry. We apologize to our regular listeners and those who participate in the chat room. And, and it looks like we're obviously going to have to be able to maintain we'll some moderator we'll control over that, that which we have been negligent to do because we haven't needed to in the past. And so we'll have to get on that. All right. Uh, we have uh, Clovis, New Mexico uh, on tonight. So that's, that's good. All right. Uh, the third question we want to deal with is what kind of self-test can we use to ensure that we're doing the right thing by offering criticism or doing it in the right way? Uh, some questions. Some questions that we could ask, Jacob, would include the kind of question, why am I doing this? What is my purpose? Am I really trying to help somebody or, I'm just, or am I just trying to make myself look better? Uh, am I trying to improve the situation or am I just trying to make somebody else look bad, trying to trying to elevate up myself in the eyes of others, um, so forth and so on? What's my motive? Why am I doing this? That question. I need to ask myself that question. That's what we're saying. Well, what are, how do we make sure our motives are, are correct? You've got to ask yourself, why am I being critical? A lot of times people be, are critical, Dad, because if they can criticize someone else, it makes them feel better in their sight, and maybe if they criticize others in front of a crowd, then it uh, elevates, their in their mind, it elevates their standing among those who uh, witness the, the criticism. Exactly right. Um, uh, John in Edmond, Oklahoma, suggests this uh, self-test. Ask yourself, how would you feel if someone approached me with the same criticism and in the same manner? That may be, that, that may be a worthy question to ask, too. In other words, would I want to be treated in the same way? Jesus suggested with the so-called golden rule, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you, that we ought to sort of ask the question, would I like to be treated the same way that others are, are treating me with this criticism? I think that's a worthy test. Uh, give me some examples of that. Uh, before, So before I criticize someone, I ask myself, would would I would 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 someone criticizing me in the same way and on the same subject be appreciated or not? Now, now that's not necessarily they may not appreciate, it, but they may need it. But the, the, it'd be worth asking: Is would I appreciate being approached in this way? Now, again, I don't think it's an acid test, but it's a it's a, a worthy place to begin, maybe. So you've been criticized. I, I know you've been criticized in, in, the, in times past in, in ways that you would not have subjected the criticizer to the same criticism in the same way that yeah, you've been. Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking okay. about. All right. Yeah. Um, another good question is, uh, um, have, I, have, I, have I achieved the status with this individual to be able to criticize them? Uh, ha have I 
have I been the kind of person that would that? In other words, am I? Here's this individual, and I've never really had anything to do with them before at all. I've I've actually been fairly indifferent toward them. I haven't shown them any love or concern or consideration. But now, they I have a chance to pounce on them on something. Uh, am I in, am I the right one to do this criticize? Maybe they need to be criticized, but maybe I've not put in, by my past relationship with this person. I've not. Uh, put myself in a position to have earned the right, really. And I don't know if that's the right word either because, I mean, uh, earning the right to criticize may be not the right expression. But if, if, I've not, if I've not shown any caring concern for this individual in the past, but now I suddenly have a chance to jump on them, maybe I'm not the best person to be offering this criticism. You know, I think we've got to make sure that we, in the church especially, Dad, that we're developing those relationships that allow us to, when times uh, are required, to, to be critical of someone, you know, to, to correct them for something they're doing wrong, that we've got that relationship where that uh, that criticism can be taken in the right way and can be most effective. If, uh, you know, if, if our relationship is no more than, uh, than a relationship we might have with someone that we just pass on the street from time to time, uh, it's not going to be as effective if I as if I go to them as someone who's close to them and has a, a close relationship. Exactly right. Now, you know, another thing here is, you know, some people just like to sit on the sidelines and be critics. For instance, let's say that I'm criticizing, uh, I, I want to criticize the Bible class teacher, but I've never myself offered to be a Bible test class teacher. In fact, I've I've turned down opportunities to engage in that important work. Then, then I really have kind of dubious credibility when it comes to being a critic of the Bible class teacher. Now, maybe he needs criticized. Maybe he needs someone to correct him or instruct him or help him to do a better job. But if 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 I've never been willing to engage in that myself, then probably that criticism needs to come from others rather than from me. I'm not in a very good position to be offering that criticism. And perhaps uh, something that should go along with this is uh, we ought to give the, the, the one that we're wanting to criticize the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, sometimes people don't understand. Maybe it's the Bible class. It maybe someone thinks they did something wrong. Uh, maybe I mean, if it's a matter of, of sin, we've got to correct it. But it's just a matter of, of, of you know, a judgment call. We need to give the benefit of the doubt. And uh, as you mentioned, sitting on the sidelines, it's easy to criticize when you've not been the one. Uh, behind the wheel. Right. Before we get any further into it, it looks like uh, those who are trying to overtake our chat room have continued to do so. Uh, and so I'm going to encourage everybody who's a regular listener to the Virtual Bible Study, right-click on the video screen, go to Zoom, and then under Zoom, hit full screen, and that'll hide the vi- the chat room window or from you. Or better yet, you can hit the click here to launch vi- win- uh, video in Windows Media Player, and you can bypass uh, the, that page altogether. You can go ahead and just shut that page down, and it'll bypass uh, the window. Right-hand corner of the chat room, there's a little, little more. Uh, yeah, there's a green button there's at a green the top. Button. On the top right corner of the chat room, there's a green button. If you'll click on that, that'll actually uh, uh, close out your uh, chat room. Oh, good. Thank you, Dan. Well, well it, it, you'll stop getting any inputs there if you do that. I still um, see mine just kind of grays out when I do that, Dan. But yeah. uh, does does it uh, does it interfere with your uh, video feed as well? No, it doesn't it doesn't affect okay. the video feed, but it may stop uh, uh, the the chatting. One way or the other, uh, obviously, we've got some hijackers there taking over our chat room. So uh, for all of you who are really interested in honest and legitimate Bible study, uh, do something to hide that screen so that they don't have any satisfaction in tormenting and us. And those who want to, to hijack the chat room, maybe you can find another chat, chat room to hijack. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I, I think that's really a, a low-life effort there. I, I'm, uh, I'll offer that criticism that we've got some people here interested in legitimate Bible study, and, and those uh, in the, who've, who've hijacked our chat room tonight are... Uh, obviously not interested in that. So for all of you who are legitimately interested in the study, we're just going to have to bypass the chat room tonight. Just go to the video window, and uh, we'll keep talking. And we've got some work to do between now and next week. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, But we do appreciate our listeners being out there tonight, and we hope that you are here to study the Bible, and you want to know what God wants from you in your life, because we believe that God has revealed himself to us in his word, and that as a result, he's going to hold us accountable to that, and he's going to judge us. Uh, at the last day, and we'll have to give an account to how we submitted to his will. And that's why we're here tonight, and that's why we're here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time to learn more about God's will so that we can be prepared 
for that day of judgment so we can be found pleasing to him. You heard a voice uh, uh, during that interchange. Dan uh, Quillen is here from the College of Congregation. He's behind the controls tonight. Dan, thank you for being here. Hello, guys. How you doing? Uh, good, and appreciate you. Man in the controls tonight, and looks like you're doing a great job. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we're talking about being critical, and we want to make sure that we're doing it in the right uh, manner, and we've got to have the right attitude, and we have some self-test uh, suggestions. Uh, we've got Donna's email. No, go ahead. Donna in Iowa uh, says uh, her self-test. Uh, I asked myself, where would I be without the patience of my loving father? Is this something that really needs to be addressed, or is this something I need to be more patient and long-suffering with? See, I want to help my brother not discourage him. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Sometimes the brother needs to us to bear with him and not criticize him. It is hard when somebody realizes that they have sinned, but it is almost impossible for them to confess these sins uh, before people who they do not feel loved by. For one, for one to bear their soul, uh, they they have to feel loved like Christ loved us. As I Am I, as a Christian, showing that kind of love to others? Uh, she makes some excellent points here. Um, do we are we being impatient? Are we being critical because we're being impatient? Uh, should we set back and be more patient before criticizing? All right. So we really need to we need to give some advanced thought to it instead of just sort of off the cuff, uh, not thinking carefully about our words, not thinking carefully about our manner. We need to consider what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it before I say it. That's that's certainly important for the critic. Okay, um, and she says, "I want to help my brother, not discourage him." And that it needs to be a self test that we ask ourselves: Why am I doing this? As you said, am I wanting to help this person, or am I trying to make myself feel better? Our goal and our ultimate goal in uh, being critical of someone is to help them be more pleasing to God. If if it's going to just if it's going to just go to uh, discourage them and uh, and and make it uh, harder for them to be pleasing to God, then it, I need to hold my breath. Okay. Uh, notice some passages from the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So you can, you can do things two ways. One way is like sticking a sword in somebody. The other way is will promote health in that what individual. What was that reference there? Proverbs 12, verse 18. Okay. Proverbs 16, verse 24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. So if we say the right thing in the right way, it is beneficial. Uh, Paul said in Colossians 4, verse 6, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Uh, So again, measure your words. Make sure about what you're doing before you do it. Don't just do it haphazardly or off the cuff. Uh, don't do it callously. Think about the impact of your words and try to try to make them beneficial. All right. So what you're saying is, even though I have the right to criticize, I need to criticize, and maybe I've got the right attitude in my criticism. The way that I say it is important as well. We've got to be on guard exactly. about that. And and uh, another thing is a double standard. We need to be careful not to uh, try to impose a double standard. In other words, I'm going to criticize you, Jacob over something that I'm guilty of or I'm going to criticize you for not doing something, but I haven't been willing to do it either. You've got to be real careful about imposing a double standard, which I actually think is what Jesus was talking about there in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, when he just said, judge not that you be not judged. Don't try to judge the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a beam sticking out of your own eye. Don't, don't use that double standard approach. It doesn't work. All right. It's easier to see that beam in, in my brother's eye, perhaps, than it is to see the speck in my eye. Uh, and uh, it's easier to have a double standard. I've got to be on guard against that. And then ultimately what we want to do in everything we do as Christians, what we want to do is we want to glorify God. We need to ask the question, uh, is what I'm going to do, will it bring glory to God in the long run? Is, is, is this something that glorifies God? Okay. And, 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 that, that, may, and that doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be a, a real pleasant situation. Sometimes when we offer criticize, criticism, it's a, a fairly stressful, intense situation but god is glorified when we stand up for truth and when we love our brother and we do the right thing in the right way 877-381-4567 email questions at collegeu.com or join in the chat room well you can't join in the chat room tonight i will take that back the chat room uh, we're, we're shutting it down uh so uh we look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight uh, send us your comments over email tonight or 
Better yet, give us a phone call. It's toll free. We're going to go to the top of the hour right after this break as we talk about our criticism. We want to make sure that our criticism is viewed as constructive. Dad, that was the next question that you asked. And uh, then finally, when I am on the other end of the criticism, how do I take it? Uh, What principles should I use from the Bible about receiving criticism? We'll talk about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Do you remember when the pulpit was used for the purpose of convicting sinners and teaching them how to be saved? Are you tired of preachers who seem much more inclined to entertain their audience than to teach the truth? Does it seem the sermons you are hearing each week could have easily be given at a PTA meeting or a social club? Do you remember when sin was called sin and at the end of the sermon you knew by book, chapter, and verse what the preacher was talking about and why? The Cause You Church is still preaching the old Jerusalem gospel that you read about in your Bible. They invite you to investigate for yourself. Come and see. Visit the College View Church of Christ. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. We appreciate you being on the other end, and we'd like for you uh, to give us a call or send us an email. So we talk about being critical tonight. What are things that are necessary, Dad, if I want my... Uh, Criticism to view, be viewed as constructive criticism. Real, real quickly before we go to that, I've, I've overlooked a couple emails from Jack. He offers us a definition of criticism that I think is pretty good. One definition of a critic, one who expresses a reasoned opinion on any matter, especially involving a judgment of its value, truth, righteousness, beauty, or technique. Using this definition and with a loving attitude, we're really doing another service by expressing our judgment. This gives the other person the opportunity to either substantiate or question their position. It's opportunities like this which makes me grow. Another definition of a critic is one given to harsh or capricious judgment. Matthew 7 tells us harsh judgment is not something we should be engaged in. How can I know when it's proper to speak up, when it's best to be quiet? I know if falsehood is supported or expressed, it's proper to speak up and either show its faults or at least demonstrate our disagreement. When to keep quiet? Matthew 7, verse 6, we don't want to cast our pearls before swine as swine don't appreciate the value of the pearl. So being quiet may be the best option. It may be a judgment call. As always, speak with love. So I think Jack's got some good observation there. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate that from Jack tonight. Any other emails there? I think I'm caught up on emails. All right. Uh, we want our criticism to be viewed as constructive. And Donna in Iowa uh, sends in this comment. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you are a spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, so that you too will not be tempted. We must love the person, and they must know that we love them. The best criticism when given doesn't even feel that way. Check one's attitude and demeanor before even saying anything. Uh, Make sure you are using kindness, and you choose your words in such a way to build up, not tear down. Remember the fruit of the Spirit. All right. I think that's a a good point. Uh, if we want our criticism to be constructive, if we want it to be accepted, if we want it to do good, then we've got to off, we got, we got to say something that's helpful. We've got to have the right attitude. We've got to act out of love. All of those things are necessary. Also, I want to be perceived by the person that I'm criticizing as one who's trying to help. In other words, it, it, it may be that what I have to say is necessary. And maybe even potentially hurtful, but but I got to do it. And and I, and I know this person may feel, you know, uh, maybe not feel good about what's happening when it's happening. But I want to come to them in such a way that they know that my intention is to help, not to hurt. Okay. It may be a hurtful situation. It may be a very touchy thing. It may be a very difficult thing to consider. But but I want to con. Conduct myself. If I want my my uh, criticism to be viewed as a constructive criticism, there should be no doubt in the mind of the person that I'm addressing that I'm there to help, not hurt. Okay. That I have no intention to hurt. All right. And there, this this all summarized, I think, in one word that was in Galatians chapter six, verse one. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. The way that I'm going to do this, my attitude. My approach is going to be one out of meekness. Explain what meekness is here. Well, meekness, the, the biblical definition of meek, meekness is not sort of too timid to speak up or too afraid to say anything. Maybe a lot of people have the idea that a meekness is the idea of a person who's afraid of his own shadow, and that's definitely not the biblical definition of meekness. 
I think the right biblical definition of meekness is strength under control. And so in this situation, I'm, I'm going to be strong, but I'm going to, to exercise that strength carefully under control. In other words, if I found you, Jacob, in, in a situation where you were clearly in violation of a biblical truth, mm-hmm. and I know that I've got the, I know that I'm right in this matter and that you are wrong because I've got the Bible to support me uh, in, in this matter, I still need to come to you, although I'm, I'm coming from a position of strength because I know I have the God's truth behind me. I still need to, I, I need to control myself in such a fashion that I come across in the way that we've been describing in our lesson. I, I'm, I need to have strength under control. Is that difficult? Sometimes it is because, you know, as humans, uh, sometimes we take some kind of unnatural pleasure or unnecessary pleasure, I guess I should say, from being right and and showing someone else wrong. And that's not should never be involved in this process that we're talking about. Well, sometimes tonight. it's an emotional thing in which which there's blatant error being uh, going on. And uh, and it's. It, it, it gets our it's our adrenaline pumping. It gets us worked up. It gets us perhaps angry. Uh, we've got to get those emotions under control so we can do it and uh, criticize in the spirit of me. I, I found an interesting comment from Barclay, William Barclay, who's a well-known Bible commentator. Uh, and he referenced uh, one of the statements of Jesus to one of the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter 2, verse 19. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and thy last to be more than the first. Now, he was addressing the church at Thyatira, and he was about ready to tell them a number of things that they had wrong with themselves. But he says there's something very interesting about this verse. The letter to the church at Thyatira is to be a letter of warning and of criticism, and yet it begins with a verse of undiluted praise. Here is something which every preacher and teacher, indeed every Christian, must learn. Real criticism must always encourage and never discourage. When we have reason to rebuke or to criticize anyone, we must make it clear that what we are doing so not because we dislike him, but because we like him, not because we hate him, but because we love him, not because we think that he is useless, but because we think that he has it in him to be useful, not because we wish to hurt him, but because we wish to help him. That is why criticism will often be most effective when it begins with praise. It is wise to point out that which is good before we begin to seek to eradicate that which is evil. Oh, that was a pretty good observation. All right, and I don't think that the author there is uh, admonishing flattery. No, not no false flattery praise. Is, uh, flattery is condemned. Yeah, not false praise. Yeah. But uh, in so much as that we're able to commend the good, we should do so. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I've known people, uh, I, I know people right now who, who are the kind of people who never say anything positive, but if they get any chance at all, they love to say something negative. And so, you know, you, you never, you never getting any words of positive encouragement from those kind of people, but they are quick to offer their criticism if they think that there's a basis for doing so. And their criticism may be deserved. It may be the right thing, but they're not as appreciated because they come across as only and always negative. Okay. So I think Barclay's comments are pretty good. We we need to, when we can, we need to, to offer praise for the good. And it's not just, he, he's backing up with some spiritual uh, or some scriptural references there to Jesus is uh, doing the same in his criticism of the church at Thyatira. So good observation there. All right, uh, quickly, uh, we have, we're ready to go on to our last point. Uh, I got an email from somebody who says you can always advise your listeners to ban offenders by telling them to right click and hit ban or block. Yeah, the, the 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 offenders are changing their users username tonight, yeah. and so they're trying to get by that. So you know, yeah, and, and I, I don't think we can control what's going on in the yeah, chat room tonight, uh, but we're going to find out how between now and next week, or we won't have a chat room if we're going to have that kind of uh, of misconduct going on in the chat room. And we apologize to our regular listeners. That's that's very offensive. Well, we and, understand uh, you that know, it is. There are people in here that have said that uh, Christians are a waste of air. And, uh, you know, if you if you feel that way, give us a call. Uh, we're just about off the air. We'd love to talk with you tonight. Uh, we don't believe that's the case. And uh, we're, we're people here are saying things about uh, Christians being a waste of time and a waste of, uh, of, of, of a human. We want to talk to you about that because we think you're in error. We'd love to just give you, talk with you for a few minutes. We won't be ugly. I don't know from, the, from the, some of the comments in the chat room tonight. You probably will be. Hopefully you wouldn't be, but uh, we just would like to talk to you. We don't believe that being a Christian is a bad thing. We think it's a good thing. We think it's the only way that someone should live. And if you don't uh, feel that way, we'd like for you to call us uh, tonight, and we'd love to talk with you. 
Yeah, we, we don't understand who these people are or why they've consolidated on our on our chat room tonight. But we're again, we're very apologetic to, to what's happened there. Okay, all right, and uh... quickly, we got just a couple of minutes left, and we were going to turn the tables, Jacob, and say, what if I'm the one who is being criticized? What principles should I remember if I'm the one who is receiving criticism? Donna sends in one word, humility, repentance and love, the one who has loved me enough to say something. So love the one who said it. Don't uh, get angry. Be humble enough to accept the criticism. Thank you, Donna, for those comments. All right. A couple of things to think about. A wise man recognizes his own fallibility. In other words, if I'm wise, I, I am, I'm wise enough to realize that i can be wrong and so one of the things when when it's it's someone coming to me with criticism i have to be wise and humble as donna says in in order to say yeah yeah i can be wrong i've been wrong plenty of times before and i can certainly be wrong here let's talk about this please tell me what your what, what your point is and and let's 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 get this uh resolved I got to be willing to accept the fact that I could uh, be wrong. Proverbs thirteen ten: Only by pride cometh contention, but with well advised is wisdom. Uh, well advised meaning they've taken some criticism. Yeah. Okay. If the one who has been well advised develops wisdom, Proverbs seventeen ten: A reproof entereth more into a wise man, and a hundred stripes to a fool. In other words, you could beat a foolish man, and he won't he won't learn anything from it. But a wise man, you reprove him once, and he's he will learn from it. So it's a question of wisdom. Are you are you willing to accept criticism? Uh, Proverbs thirteen thirteen. Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Uh, it, just a lot of statements in the Proverbs along those lines. You got to be. If if I'm the one being criticized, I need to be willing to heed the criticism. Give instruction, Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man, he will be wiser yet. Teach a just man, he will increase in learning. Yes, uh-huh. uh, So all kinds of things like that. I've got to be willing to accept the fact that I may need criticized and, and that I can be made better if I will accept the criticism. All right. And then uh, I've, I've got to... Uh, I've got to be willing to accept both just and unjust criticism. If the if the criticism is a just criticism, I, I need to change. I need to repent. Uh, I need to seek forgiveness if I've done wrong. I need to take step, step, uh, steps to change. And I should even be thankful for the one who criticized me. Uh, if I think it's an unjust criticism, on the other hand, uh, I should still look for something beneficial I can garner from it. Uh, I should I should. It, I should engage the critic. If I think he's wrong, I need to explain to him why I think he's wrong in offering the criticism that he's offered. Uh, and certainly I should not uh, allow it to cause me to be discouraged or, or stop trying to do the right thing. It, it certainly sh- I sh- certainly should be careful not to respond sinfully if I think I've been unjustly criticized. Okay. All right. Well, good discussion tonight. We appreciate our listeners being out there. Again, if you're in the chat room tonight and you think that being a Christian is a waste of time, uh, would you give us a call right now at 877-381-4567? We'd like to talk with you about that. Uh, don't hide behind your keyboard. Uh, let's talk about that tonight. Um, and if you have any comments about the things you've heard tonight or if you've uh, heard anything else on a previous edition of the Virtual Bible Show you'd like to talk about, we'd like to hear from you. Dad, uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, yeah, I'm very disappointed in the, in the way that turned out in the chat room because the, uh, our chat room has become a positive part of our Bible study and uh, obviously we've got some people there who hijacked it tonight. We'll fix that. Uh, and, and we will do everything in our power to make sure that, that doesn't happen again. And our apologies to our regular listeners and those who are uh, joining in tonight to try to gain something profitable from our study. And those who are listening in the, in the podcast won't have to worry about that. And so we, uh, you know, if you're listening in the podcast, if you've got any comments about something on this program, you'd like to uh, send in your comments. We'll be willing to take them from you anytime. Uh, we appreciate you listening to the program. Daniel, thank you for being on the other end of the controls tonight. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Good job. And, uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We look forward to you being back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired word in the Bible. Live by it every day. You'll never regret it. 
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.